For centuries, miscegenation or the marriage or procreation between people of different races was illegal in the United States. But on June 12, 1967, the Supreme Court announced its ruling in Loving v. Virginia, in which Chief Justice Earl Warren stated that under the Constitution, the freedom to marry or not marry a person of another race resides in the individual and cannot be infringed by the state. The Loving v. Virginia ruling struck down laws against interracial marriage in 16 U.S. states, including Virginia. Now, even though interracial marriage has long since been decided upon in the Supreme Court, these unions, specifically among Black and white people, frequently reappear in the court of public opinion. Now, I'm so glad I have you on here. Do you want to tell the people about yourself or do you want to jump into the conversation? Um, What would you like to know? Mm, What would you like to share? Look, let's get into it, Patrick. Uh, No, again, my name is Jerry. I live in D.C., originally from North Carolina. Um, I love that the topic we're talking about today, so I'll let you, I'll save that for you. But um, yeah, I think that's it. I love life. Um, You know, what what else do you want to know, Patrick? We'll save that for after the show. Okay, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) However, I'm so glad that I have you on this show. Um, You've met some of the people in my life and I introduced you as Jer Bear, but you're just a dope individual, a sweet soul, a pretty accomplished guy. And so I think it's only fitting to have you on um, for the teaser because we're out here talking about interracial marriage and dating. Over the past what, a couple months, years? What is time? What we've is seen, time? Yes. We've seen some Black women accomplish some really dope things, right? Kamala Harris, our first Black female vice president. Meghan Markle, our first, well, not first Black princess, right? Because they're actually, if we go through history, they have been- If we go through history, princess. right, right, right. <laughs> Pull the receipts, right? Right. But in our lifetime- um, yeah, to be able black, to see that, yeah. Uh, princess who kind of infiltrated the monarchy over there in the UK. Right. Jodie Turner Smith popped on the yes. scene, right? Beautiful lady. Actress, and yeah. Most recently, Judge Katanji Brown Jackson, the Come first on. black female Supreme Court justice. So if we just look at the data, black woman after black woman after black woman having all of these great accomplishments, right? But it seems yeah. like their accomplishments are somehow shared in the public eye with the fact that they all have white partners. So off the bat, what do you think of interracial marriage? Um, Well, I'm actually super open to it. I've had this debate actually with a few friends already. Mm -hmm. We've talked about it because I think we started seeing the trend ourselves. And I actually was in an interracial relationship, you know, previous, you know, a previous relationship that we're no longer together, but that was really my first relationship where I stepped outside of dating someone uh, that was black or, you know, just in that space. And so, um, I'm super open to it. I think it, it, it needs to be talked about because of it. I think it more and more, again, like you, like your point, we're seeing more and more of it today. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I'm super open to interracial dating marriage. I think if it's for me, I look at the soul of a person. I, I, I mean, mm-hmm. again, you want somebody that you're physically attracted to. You want somebody that you share, share common interests with. But for me, at the end of the day, if you connect with that person, regardless of what race they are, like, I'm down with it. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I know that comes with different layers, and I will probably get into that. But, um, yeah, that's the initial thought. It comes about with you? all the layers. And I don't think right. 
we'll get to all the layers today, right? Yeah. But like, it's such a complex issue. And so it is. Same as you, I feel like my heart is open personally for myself and, you know, for those around me. If you find yourself finding someone who you've fallen in love with, who's not your race, who's not maybe your ethnicity, who doesn't come from the cultural background you do. Okay. You know, what color is love? What culture is love? Right. And it's so complex because oftentimes we aren't just building community and relationship with that other person. Mm -hmm. We're building community and relationship with their community. We're building relationship with the spaces that nurtured them. And that can come with with a lot. It's, and own, love, cha- it's own challenges. 100%. It's own challenges. And I, yeah. I appreciate you for saying that you um, dated someone who wasn't Black, right? Or a person right. of a different yeah. race. Was that person white or was that person just non-Black? Just non-Black. So he was Persian. Um, and I think based on how he grew up, he, he, he identified a little bit closer to white. So I will say it, this, this situation that he kind of brought up, it favored kind of that culture but uh yeah yeah he was just um he was persian he wasn't white yeah so a little different a little different what were some of the things that came up in that relationship like how was it for you what was the experience of race did you ever find yourself talking about it or was it something that you know you dated the soul of a person were you all just vibing on a soul level no <laughs> we had to talk about it. no we know we went we weren't vibing yeah we were vibing but i mean i think anytime you have an interracial relationship if you're not talking about what you physically see. And that, I mean, my racism, my, my blackness is what people see before they get to meet the, the fun guy behind that. And so my thing is like, it'd be, it'd be whack if we didn't. And so we did, we, we talked a lot about race. I know for me, I know one of the factors that I'm always think I was like nervous about it first. I'm like, Hey, like he needs to realize, like, I'm going to be sleeping in my durag. Like I'm mm-hmm. going to like, and meeting his family, I was nervous about not if I was enough, because I'd already done that work. I know I'm more than enough, you know, as a person I am. But I started thinking about what are they going to think when you walk in the door with a black guy? Like, do they know what race? Like, I literally was like, do they know what race I am? I think there's this. I think I think growing up, you know, as a black man, and I don't know if you've had this experience, but being black, you're you're taught like you you don't have the same privilege as mm. your non-black counterparts. And so even in that of trying to show up as yourself, it's like, hey, like, are you enough to this person? And not that I'm looking for your validation, but of course I'm dating this person. I wanted to seek their his family's like approval. So a little bit of that went into it, but yeah, we definitely got on the topic of race throughout it. Mm. I appreciate you saying that when you grew up or as you were growing up, you were kind of taught that you don't have the same privilege as other yeah folks. And I think right. that's so interesting because you, we can be black men and still come from different backgrounds. Cause you grew up with an American context. I grew up with two parents who are Jamaican and I don't know if right. you know anything about Jamaicans, but we're a proud people. Come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I liken it to, you know, folks from the continent who kind of class Nigerians as like just a yeah. really proud people. And so I grew up, yes, acknowledging that there was a difference between race and Jamaicans are like, well, we're better than everybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Come on, right. And so when it comes up in dating, like I kind of navigated with a naivete, if you will, yeah. of like, you know, oh, I can date anyone. Like, will my family accept you? Not will your family accept yeah. you. <laughs> but there was an experience that I had that taught me, oh, this is a new terrain. Right. Mm. And that experience was, it makes me laugh now because it was actually when I was straight. 
<laughs> we all had we that part of our life. We all had that life when we were all straight. Yeah. Play, right? yeah. <laughs> the straight days, right? Right, right. I was a freshman in high school and, you know, got exposed to this idea of homecoming because in middle school, I didn't go to many of the dances um, unless they were like after school. I wasn't doing no Friday night situations or whatever. <laughs> so I finally came upon this homecoming experience and I had asked this white girl, she was my homegirl, Kiki friends, whatever. I was like, you trying to go down to the homecoming? She said, yes, at first, right? That, let's say that was on a Monday. The Friday, her and her other friend, our mutual friend comes up and they're yeah. just like, we can't go to homecoming with you. And I was just like, well, girl, why the fuck not? Right. right. <laughs> and literally she says, well, my parents think that if I go to homecoming with a black guy, it's going to ruin my, my high school reputation and my reputation in our, in our community. And I was just like, oh, now, remember, I told you I was raised with proud people. So when I went back yes. and told my mama and my daddy this, they were cussing up a store. They were ready to go. Oh, <laughs> Patrick. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm like, it's crazy that you even say that because I had the same experience in high school. So mm. I too went to for homecoming, the homecoming like senior year dance. I was working with a person at Chick fil A, um, super fun friend. Like, we were friends at that time. And again, I've always been this open person. Like, I would say, like, a chameleon of sorts. Like, I can hang yeah. out with my white friends, I can hang out with my black friends, mm -hmm. we can mix and mingle with everybody. Um, and I asked, and I reason I asked this one white girl was because she was homeschooled. She she didn't get that experience. So I'm like, you know what? Like, I know deep down I'm gay, but I'm you know I have no one knows that externally. Like, hey, she just never experienced this. Let me take my friend and let's enjoy it together. Mm -hmm. When I tell you, literally, it, you know, even in that, she actually did go. But there was one girl that I thought I liked at that time, and I asked her out, and she literally was like. Jerry, I can't go out with you because my dad said that they would disown me. Mm. And that's when it really hit me that, wait a minute. But again, I think we're seeing, for me, even talking about like Kataji and everybody else that we mentioned at the top, like, I think it's easier for Black women to date a white man, in my opinion, from mm. their family's perspective, than a white woman dating a Black man. I just think there's something to that that the fact that we both experienced something like that. Yeah. I don't know if there's any parallels there that you've seen overall too. Why do you think that is? Honestly, I don't know. Do you, I mean, do you have any thoughts to it? I mean, I'm just making that connection right now in this conversation that so, maybe there yeah. is something different to it. Yeah. So when I just think historically for the longest time, <sighs> black people in general were not seen as human. Right what we were seen as is property. And as time went on, let's talk about the type of property we were seen as. Mm, yeah. Black women were seen as property for reproduction and caring of children. When you think of, you know, Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemings, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. you know, modern whiteness tries to create it as this love story, but it's literally, this man took his property, raped and used her, paraded her around, Right. Yeah. And yep. so when I see, and this could be a bias, oh, I hope this doesn't come with cancellation, but when I see the ease sometimes with which it seems black women can date white men, it feels kind of like replaying that. See, and again, I, I hear you, but yeah. I don't think I don't actually go there. And I, I think yeah. for me, it's, I've sat around. So every friend that I'm talking to right now, all my girlfriends, 
everyone's dating. Everyone's actively dating. Mm. And to hear some of the stories of how they're being treated, I can see why. I mean, I, I, a lot of my friends say, hey, look, our, our, the pool is small for us Black women. Yeah. They're like, hey, look, either half of y'all, you know, they, they love us, but half of y'all, you know, y'all like same sex, you know, you know same, same sex relationships. And then you have the others that these are guys, half that are married. And then the pool that's left, I don't know if there's been something about the pandemic, I feel like, that's mm-hmm. really shaped, I think, how we date. I think the onset of technology. So apps like, you know, Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, The League, like, I think that has made dating so disposable. So when I hear about every Black woman in my life right now talking mm-hmm. about the struggles of dating, I can see why they're like, hey, maybe... Maybe it is time for me to get, you know, my vanilla king. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like pushing them to say like, hey, like, cause again, to your, my point earlier, like I, I look at a person's whole makeup, their soul, yeah. their integrity, their kindness. Like, you know, I, I could care less about your race, but I'm starting to see that trend now that people are getting more open to that because of the, yeah. how they're being treated in this, in this space. And some of the things we see from celebrities, all that stuff, I think is pop culture, all of us starting to feed into people's willingness to kind of date outside the race. This is why I say it's so layered, right? Because yeah. from a numbers perspective, like the dating pool could be small for Black women. I think the point that I was trying to bring up too is like not only is the dating pool small for Black women and Black men, but because of this history of white men kind of fetishizing Black women, then the pool for white men seems to be bigger, right? So there's mm, more access got it. there. Right. And I think when you talk about kind of like the ease versus like the difficulty black men having um, around dating white women, I guess you could say, or non-black partners, there's kind of this trope of black men being kind of like these vicious aggressors, right? Like that kind of was used to justify lynching and all this stuff. And so there there are layers, but I think that racial piece kind of adds to that layer. Then we can talk about like numbers. Then we can also talk about like access as far as, you know, where we're positioned, right? Yeah, like, are true. we positioned in spaces to date other Black folks? Are we positioned in spaces to date non-Black folks, right? One of the questions I was going to ask you is, do you feel like you were conditioned at some point in life to be with non-Black partners? And the reason why I was going to ask that is because I also kiki with my girlfriends. Right. And, you know, we're in our 30s, we're talking about dating. And one of my homegirls was like, you know, I hear you struggling. (laughs) (laughs) The struggle is real for everybody out here. Right. And I could see you with a white partner. And that literally like shocked my being because if you look at my history book, I've had a lot of white partners, whether it be talking to, hooking up with, um, you know, even maybe sometimes being on the edge of something serious or whatever. It's been a lot of white folks. And I wonder, was I conditioned just by nature of like what my classes were made up of, the schools that I went to, the spaces that I existed in? Like, do you think you were conditioned to to be down a non-Black path? I, I, and it's funny you say that. I've never thought about that to this point, but I will say maybe that is the case. I, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, whether it was working, you know, at Chick-fil-A, where it was, you know, I was surrounded by my white friends at that time. I think you start to, okay, we make a connect there, you connect there, and then you go back home and you're in your neighborhood that's all black. You go mm-hmm. to the school that's all same race. Like, I think my exposure, my college that I went to, 
it opened up that window that I think maybe has kind of shaped my now assumption of like, hey, I'm willing to date whoever because I've been able to see and interact with different races at different times, whether it's my career, my company, you know, I'm the only person, I'm the only black person on my immediate team. Mm -hmm. So I'm constantly connecting with other races. And so maybe that has opened up that willingness that maybe like my sister, I don't think she would ever date someone outside of her. Like Mm -hmm. she's like, no, like, so I think, but I also think about how much we've been exposed to that. And I do think that that has something to do with it too. Real talk. I love that point. Mm -hmm. Now, regardless of, the path we go down. If we wind up with a non-black partner, if we if yeah. we wind up with a black partner, the people are going to talk. They're going to the talk. Reason, they're going to talk. They're going to talk. <laughs> and the reason why I kind of started this conversation with mentioning Katanji, with mentioning um, Kamala Harris, or excuse me, Kamala Harris, um, and mentioning uh, Meghan Markle is because the people have been talking. They've right? been talking. Most recently, the New York Post Uh, just had an article that came out and I was shocked to see who the writer was. The writer was Ralph Richard Banks, who is a black man. Okay. He got his bachelor's from Stanford university, his master's from Stanford, his JD, excuse me, from Harvard law. He's now a professor at Stanford law. And he's the author of the 2011 text is marriage for white people, how the African-American marriage decline affects everyone. All right. And he had a lot yeah. to say about Miss Katanji Brown Jackson and her wife. <laughs> he had a lot to say. And I just wanted to read you some of the excerpts from his okay, yeah. post article and have us kind of like reflect on it a little bit. So he says this first. The fact is significant. The effects of racism have left well-educated Black women with a paucity of Black male partners. According to Brookings Institute data, Black men are less likely than Black women to have completed high school and 50% less likely to have attained a four-year college degree. Yet despite the shortage of suitable Black partners, Black women have also been the least likely of any minority group to marry outside of their race, according to data from the Pew Research Center. Rather than partner with men of other races, many heterosexual Black women either don't marry or marry Black men with whom they are not especially well matched. And these mismatched relationships contribute to African Americans having the highest divorce rate of any racial group. In fact, Black women are the only demographic to have a higher divorce rate than marriage rate. What are your thoughts on that? I think my initial thoughts are that, and again, I'm going off conversations I've had, because again, yeah, I've, whatever you know, your data I've, source I've, is, yeah, it's valid. My data sources are my girls and my circle. And I do think that there is something to that by that a lot of, a lot of my girlfriends are, are at the point where they're figuring out, like, do I have to settle? Mm. Is, do I have to, they're coming to like, well, maybe I won't get it all. Maybe I can't like have the spouse that has the best career or the one that's going to show up for me, the one that's not going to, you know, step outside of the relationship. And again, I think people may be having this conversation in other races as well. I don't Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. but I do think that there is something to that. You know, again, black women are some of the most educated in our country. You know, I do think when shout out, come on. Mm -hmm. And I do think that like, when you do start to put yourself first and you start to have access to certain lifestyles, whatever it may be, certain things, you want to continue to uphold that. Like you've worked hard. So you want someone that's anybody. I think when you go into marriage, you want someone that's going to 
complete, help you evolve, help take you together, take each other to the next level. So I do think there is something to that. I'm interested to see your thoughts, though, because I hate that he threw my girl Kataji out there. Like it was based off that. But I just feel like I do feel like there is something to that. What about you, Patrick? So I was struck by the sentence black women are least likely to marry outside of their race, right? So I understand that that line really helps shape these two the, paragraphs. I was also really struck and I struggled. It made me confront a lot, including okay. maybe a little classism, elitism, because on one side, I'm like, yes, I see that point, right? I see it, yeah. Why settle? Why do all this? And I had to ask myself, okay, how much are we aligning with kind of like, how much are we shaping our our love ideals around white supremacy, right? Like is Mm. education, job, salary, are those the only things that make a good match? Hell no. Are are, are those the only things that can sustain a match when other bullshit starts to come up? Mm, Got it. Right. And so like, here I am, I'm going back and forth inside, kind of stressed. No, that's good. Because again, if you're only looking at it from those components, I, it, that's that's not going to sustain a marriage. My thing right. is like, the, as soon as someone loses their job, mm-hmm. as soon as someone gets sick, like that isn't going to sustain it. So I see the balance of both of, of both sides of that. Yeah, and on the flip side of that coin, though, for many, those are great band aids when shit starts to fly. So, mm, right? so when you yeah. find an extra number down to your man's phone, or when you find that you're not being fed emotionally, you could say, "Well, at least our kids go to Jack and Jill." Yeah, or at least yeah. I'm 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 working this job, or we're pulling in, you know, a mid six figure income. Like you, know, so it's a struggle there. It's a struggle. There's and naturally, I think everybody goes to those levers in whatever situation you're in. So I I think like whether you're like, hey, you know, yeah, I I 100 agree with your your point on that across the board. Yeah, and I wonder for you because we talked about when you've. Cu- kind of created a lifestyle, right? Yeah. You would like to be with someone who can help add to that. So which one of these, like job, education, salary, do you need all of those to be like, okay, my partner is a good match? No, not by any means. And and for me, it, I always say that as long as you're passionate in what you do, whatever that is, if you're an mm-hmm. artist and you are out here grinding, I'm, a, I'm attracted to hustle. I'm attracted to... Um, you know, somebody that is really whatever they're passionate about, it shows in every factor of who they are. So for me, again, I say that though. And again, I don't know what that may look like if you run into a hard time and you're like, wait, so I've never had to deal with that per se from that perspective. But I do believe that if you are only stuck on those things, and I've challenged friends that are like, hey, you can't be just looking at, hey, the person's height or this or that, whatever it may be, or their salary or whatever it is. Like, cause that shit will fade. And so mm-hmm. I, I don't know. What about you? Are you the type that like, Hey, if do you need all of that? Which one, which one are you closely aligned to from all of those factors? Jerry, I'm sweating. <laughs> <laughs> which is why I'm struggling, which is why I'm yeah. struggling. I will say in my adulthood, the men who have, been able to grab my attention, whether it be time, bussy, energy, <laughs> a good meal. Right. They have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, that, I, and you shouldn't, but you shouldn't feel bad for that, in my opinion. Oh, no, like, I don't feel bad at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel bad at all. And I'm wondering, though, you know, you don't see them around now. 
Yeah. Right. Because I think men in those spaces also come with their own set of issues, their own set, set of issues. Exactly. And it's not just exactly. in my experience. I'm also experiencing that in my homegirls. And so, you know, we kind of to tie in kind of like this racial piece too. Yeah. I wonder how, ooh, how am I going to say well, this? Yeah. I wonder how different men of different races show up when they meet these qualifications. So those who have the education, mm. those who have the salary, those who have the job, right? And I wonder if that's another layer that plays into going to seek other partners. I think it does. Or non-Black partners. I think it does. I think it does. Mm. I never thought about that, but mm-hmm. I do. And I would like to see how men of different races with those classifications, how the, yeah. Right. Are they... I think, again, there's, I mean, we're seeing it. You, all the people you listed, you know, great careers individually, these folks, you know, mm-hmm. men, the mm-hmm. men in their lives, great mm-hmm. careers, have that, whatever it may be. And they have opened up that window to, to getting some of the best in regards to accomplishments from the black women that they're seeking. So yeah, I'm interested to see that overall. And when That's I say how point. do they show up in the space, I don't mean you know, with kind of like all of their accoutrements, if you will. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, how do they as a show partner. up as a partner? How do they show up emotionally? How do they view partnership? Right. Because one thing that I will say, and I've let go of this um, sentence, you know, just as a value system, I used to say, I love black men. I wonder if black men love me. Got it. Right. Cause it's yeah. not that I wasn't exposed to men who have the education, the career, da, 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 da. But I'm just like, for some reason we, we, don't seem to be clicking mm-hmm. time though. If you live long enough, you'll Come get on. more data to change that narrative. <laughs> and I realized, oh, black men do love me. And the question has changed. Are they brave enough to love me in public? Mm, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. yeah. That comes yeah. with so many layers rooted so in many history, layers. rooted in culture, rooted in, you know, your perception of risk versus reward. Right. Yeah. And again, this is not like a blanket generalization. This is of not course. Of course, describing yeah, yeah. like all black men. I'm just saying the ones that I've come in contact with who may have the qualifications around like salary, job, all that. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting take on it. I, mm-hmm. I, I wish we could look. Let me call Kentanji. Let me. Let me need to talk to somebody to see. Like I was shocked when I saw that her husband was white. I didn't know. Like again, we're we're finding out about her through this process and the and the hearings and all of that. Um, I you know Jody's her relationship. I know it, it was on a, it, Twitter. It was going back and forth the other day about Surely that. Was. Yeah. Like I know that you know when you. Th- but so I think those were like interracial relationships come with its own set of you know I think trials issues. That again, I know I've had to do with person with some of mine, and so like, I, I, I think the point you made is a good one, and I'm, I want to see how those data points continue to to, to pan out yeah. to see if that changes your your mindset too on it mm-hmm. a year from now, a few months from now. Like, I'm interested to see that. Yeah, and you know, I'm gonna gay this up a little bit. Let okay, me come not on, just externalize right the struggle versus of um, you know dating black men versus dating white or like do black men love me can they love me in public right i come with my own shit too right we all do and so i may have access to black queer men who are established who are you know doing good for themselves who are emotionally available but then my shit comes up 
oh, they don't look like LL Cool J. Yeah. Oh, they can't, <laughs> they can't throw me around. Right. Yeah. Or, ooh, are you as butch as I need you to be? Right. That's my stuff too. That yeah. might be getting in the way of finding that partner. Finding that partner. Yeah. Regardless of their race. Regardless yeah, of their race. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I feel it. I feel it. I agree with that fact. I mean, I'm going to think about my own shit. I'm thinking, <laughs> what are you thinking? Because for me, it's like, I'm the type where like, again, to your point, some of the things I'm thinking about is like, hey, you know, everybody isn't going to be somebody that's trying to work on themselves. Somebody, Everybody's not going to be this person that's going to, like, I think about it sometimes like, okay, like if I'm dating another black guy, is he going to be cool that like, Hey, I love pop music. Like, that's my vibe. That's what I love to do. Like, I'm just like, I, I don't judge anyone. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very non-judgmental person. So I feel mm-hmm. like because I'm so open to whatever a person wants to show up as, as long as you're a good person, you're kind of all that stuff. But like, I think that's what I've been missing out on. And, and it's regardless of race, because I found it in every race that I've dated, um, is that, you know, are you willing to not be judgmental with me and accept mm-hmm. me um, I know for me, when I dated people that aren't black, you know, I always, it's always that question. Is this a, is this a fantasy? Is, is this a fetish? Is this a fetish? Like, mm-hmm. oh, you dated only black guys. Like, mm-hmm. oh, wait a minute. Like, what is this? Like, again, and maybe that's my own bias that I'm looking at it from that side of things. But I think history growing up, you know, our own individual stories and how that's kind of worked itself out. I think those are all fair questions to ask and if you are going to be in an interracial relationship, I think it's fair to have those tough conversations. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I think especially in this climate, that question of, is this a fetish? I'm finding myself more sensitive to that. Right. Which is why I'm finding, I don't know if I'm, well, I said I had an open heart earlier today. Right. But I feel like, you know, maybe it wasn't, it's not as open as it used to be. Look, we all, we always in route. Like it's, it's, it's getting better. It's getting better. Yeah. Cause one thing I bring into the space is, are you fetishizing me? Am I just kind of like that Sally Hemings for, for the night or, or for however long this relationship lasts? Like I think back to one of the last times I dealt with a white guy, um, I'm not going to put too much out here, but we <laughs> we knew each other from undergrad. We wound up linking up um, on a New Year celebration postgrad, and we had a great time. Right? It was it was lovely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As is Patrick's norm, after I have a lovely time with someone, I like to send a beautiful message saying thank you. This was beautiful. Would love yeah, to yeah. see you again. Did not hear from this man. Right. Complete ghost. It was like a tender ghosting, which was fucked God, up because I, I know him. Right. You know him. Yeah. Like I, We know each other. Yeah. Out of the blue. About two weeks later, he goes, yeah, by the way, are you clean? And for me, as a public like, health I professional, word, I hate that. We, I hate that. Yeah. Hate that word. Right. But as a public health professional, as one who knows my history, as one who communicated my history before we even we yeah. together, knowing his history and then recognizing our difference in color. Yeah. I was just like, ooh, white men dangerous. That's a big leap in generalization. But for me, it was just like, what part of my being felt unclean to you? Was it a skin moment? Was it ignorance around safe sex practices? Was it, what was it there? What was it there? Yeah. Right. And is your affinity for black men just a fetish? And so for me, moving into partners going forward, I'm like, ooh, 
What's going on there? Because I know y'all can yeah. be harmful. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and those those are the kind of experience those are the kind of experiences like for me like those kind of conversations I'm really big about like talking about like se- sexual health all of that stuff like again I hate the word clean I, you know for me it's hey what is your HIV and STD status mm-hmm. versus then kind of that side of things that's a whole different topic but like I I will say I haven't had those experiences like that mm-hmm. where it's been from that standpoint for me it's been more of kind of like Again, we, we've all, like, you know, hookup culture and stuff like that. Like, it's, it, again, typically, you know, we've seen that most folks, you know, will, you know, kind of stick in that bounds of the same, you know, same ethnicity, same race. They typically, again, there are folks out there, I mean, me, I mean, that will will, will dip and dabble in other race, races and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, I personally haven't had that experience, Patrick, like, from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. Um, and it's making me think now about some of my past you know, interactions and stuff like that. But mm. yeah, um, that's a tough one. It is tough. And which brings us back to that statement of there are so many layers. Yeah. So many layers, so many layers, yeah. And I think one layer that I kind of want to wrap things up around is this idea of representation, right? Yeah. Because yes, we have a lot of these conversations about, you know, Black folks dating outside of their race. And sometimes it seems like that's all we're getting to see, right? When I think about queer men, Karamo, Shanti, Don Lemon, even Michael Sam when he came out, all white partners. But I want to highlight something that the U.S. 2018 census said. Okay. The overall percentage of married couple households that were interracial or interethnic grew from 7.4% 7.4% to 10.2% from 2000 to 20 to 2012 2016 which is basically saying less than 25% of the US population is involved in like an interracial marriage right mm-hmm. and so then that means when it comes to queer relationships queer black relationships the overwhelming majority isn't dating outside of their race. There are plenty yeah. of Black men finding other Black men, which feels really encouraging. And shout out it to spaces. It feels really encouraging, yeah. Yeah, shout out to spaces like Native Son, who really takes effort to highlight these relationships. What are your reactions to that? The fact that it really is kind of a small minority that's dating outside of their race, even though we see that I was going to say, we, it is plastered. It's plastered on the media. Yeah. I was going to say that, that number is staggering to me. I thought it would have been higher mm. than that. Um, but again, I also question like, where do we get your, like, where are we watching or what are we consuming mm. that that is like, so I like, I watch a lot of reality TV. I watch a lot of, you know, Bravo, I mean, who's behind those seats mm. that are wanting to make sure that that, that, that gets out. Again, I'm open with it. I'm down with it, but it's, I do think representation hundred percent matters. It is encouraging to hear that, you know, there are, you know, other black queer men finding other black queer men to be able to kind of take that leap. I think as you think about the queerness of, of, you know, marriage overall in our community, and first of all, it's delayed. And so, you know, you know, it just takes a lot of time for people to come out. I'm interested to see how Gen, what that number is going to be for Gen Z. Because mm-hmm. Gen Z has been able to fully embrace who they are at a very young age. Um, I think about friends who have, you know, even in my family, friends who have, you know, people that have come out before the age of 15 and like 16. And I'm thinking about like, wow, like I just came out, you know, 
in 2017 to my mm. mom. And that's so what does implication is that going to have moving forward? And I'm interested to see what that data is going to share to say, hey, you know what? Because, you know, we don't have to go so many years of living in a secret, the guilt and shame behind it, mm. that marriage numbers actually increase within our community because you're not having to spend so much time to heal all of the stuff that you had to go through to then be ready for somebody else. So I'm actually excited to see what that looks like, Badger. 